So we've all heard the cliche, life is like a game of chess. Well, here's how. Metaphorically, the different chess pieces can be used to represent different classes or races of people. The movement capabilities or power of each piece is based on a predetermined set of rules and characteristics. Interestingly, in the game of chess, there is a white team and a black team. According to the rules of the game, white moves first and therefore has a perpetual and innate advantage over black. Black is automatically placed in a position of defense and forced to adapt or overcome the circumstances. In the game of chess, the rook, the bishop, and the knight are more powerful than the pawn. But they are limited by the fact that they can only move in certain directions and under certain conditions. As a result, the individual power of the rook, the bishop, and the knight is determined by moment-to-moment -moment circumstances. The king, of course, is the most important piece on the board. His power, however, is limited by the fact that while he can move in all directions, he can only move one space at a time. The queen is the most powerful piece in the game of chess. The queen has the ability or freedom to move in all directions without restriction. The queen is therefore in a position to determine or control her own destiny. However, her main objective is to protect her king. What's going on, Michael Hubbard? What's up, Ken? Jenkins. We are back for another episode of Apple Pie in the Texas heat wave of 2022. It has been pretty hot out here, hasn't it? It's hotter than fish grease. <laughs> it's hotter than fish grease. Yes, sir. The fish grease is actually, I've had some fish grease <laughs> pop on me. It's, it's very hot. It can get very hot. I think it's about 97 right now, so actually having kind of a cold wave. Yeah, yeah, compared. Well, I have the pleasure of having on the show, we have the pleasure of having on the show uh, a friend I met, oh, five years ago at a film festival in Las Vegas, Dr. A.L. Smith. I really wanted to bring her on, especially after our, uh, our couple of rampant episodes on the recent Supreme Court decision. Because I've got a couple of calls about that and, and how, let's just say how worked up I was. You you was hotter than fish grease. I was hotter than fish grease too? Okay. Well, let me go ahead and introduce Dr. A.L. Smith. She is the author of an Amazon bestseller and critically acclaimed novel, Behind Closed Doors 2. Dana's the short film adaption of the novel Dana Story is the recipient of multiple independent film festival awards. And I think that's where we met um, back in Las Vegas. In 2010, she participated in a humanitarian relief effort during the devastating earthquake in Haiti and provided anesthesia services to the countless number of victims, many of whom were children. This experience would have, would have a profound effect on her views concerning socioeconomic disparities here in the U.S. and countries abroad. I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Dr. A.L. Smith to the show. Yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for the invitation. Um, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll let Mike introduce himself, my trusted sidekick. Hi, Dr. Smith. Nice <laughs> meeting you. Uh, you too, Mike. I've, 
been watching your show, and, and I love what you, what you all are doing. Well, great. Great. Somebody loves it. I know. <laughs> we got one fan, at least. <laughs> we got <laughs> one fan. And Dr. Smith, like I mentioned before, I apologize because I did not realize it was Dr. Smith, and I was just calling you AL, but Dr. Smith, <laughs> so glad, so glad to have you on the show. And just to let you know, this is going to be just uh, kind of smooth sailing, easy peasy, laid back kind of interview. No really, really mm-hmm. hard math questions or anything like that. And Thank God. Mike and I being both 50-something, because I'm 50-something. And I'm 50-something. And I think between the two of us, we learn and still learn a little something. We, we tend to wander off track sometimes mm-hmm. because uh, we're not, our, our brain members are not what they used to be. But we had an episode um, on the recent Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I was particularly hot about it. I know Mike has his opinions about it. We, we're a little bit on the same page in terms of our belief in women's rights, um, the ability to decide for themselves. And then I saw a, a small um, video that you had done about uh, Roe v. Wade itself. And, and I've always followed what you've done. I've, I've really been um, entertained by what you've done and interested in what you've done. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got involved in social activism. Uh, it did, it happened by chance, um, Ken. Um, like, you know, in my real life, you know, I'm an anesthesia provider. I'm a nurse anesthetist. I have a doctorate degree in anesthesia. And I, I wrote a book, and that book became a cinematic book trailer, and that went on to becoming a short film. And the things that I write about involve social um, issues concerning us. So I look at the perils of urban living. I try to connect the dots and try to come up with answers and solutions through my writing. Um, Most of my stories are based on true events and um, like human trafficking, um, you know, the poverty, which I think is the reason we have so many problems. And um, all of the things that come with where we are post-slavery. It's not that I think we need to use slavery as a crutch. However, we can't ignore the fact that we have some circumstances that are directly related to slavery. So we can't ignore it either. And so... um, mm -hmm. What circumstances aren't directly related to slavery? That's where I'm at. I agree. I agree. But, you know, you have some people out there who say that somehow we use slavery as an excuse. And I don't see it as an excuse. It's reality. We have um, disparities in this country and, and we're behind economically because the way we came here, like the founding fathers and all of the people, the immigrants, they got land when they got here. Right. We didn't get anything. Even field order number 19, the 40 acres and a mule, that got taken away. Um, we, we didn't get 40 acres and a mule. Some got it, but a lot of them didn't. And so there's only one thing that is not being reproduced, and that's land. Black right. people are not owners of land. Um, I think um, George Washington got 200,000 acres of land. Um each and every one of the founding fathers received land. And every immigrant that came over here after 
the American Revolution received land. So we're so far behind economically until for us not to uh, see slavery as our, a part of our problem is crazy. Right. You know? And I like to, uh, <clears throat> when discussing all these issues that we are faced with, I tend to say or believe all roads do lead back to slavery. Mm -hmm. So I think you can trace every single issue we're having back to slavery, which wasn't that long ago. Mm -mm. It was not. It really Mm wasn't. So just based on some of that, I know you have some opinions on our recent Supreme Court fiasco. That's what I'm going to call it. That's a good description. Yeah. You're being Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is, the fiasco. So, your opinion. Okay, so, now, I don't know how, I I don't really, people don't really <laughs> uh, receive what I have to say very well. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it. So I'm get, We're getting used to back, it. We're getting used you to gotta it. You got to go back to the Constitution, right? Hmm. The Constitution never mentioned the word slave or slavery. That is true. And so, um, therefore, can we really say that the Constitution was written for us? You know, it took about, what, 15 amendments for us to become full human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, because prior to that, we were just three-fifths human. And so when I hear black people get in their feelings about something that is a Constitution issue... I, I just don't know if we really have a, a, an entire dog in that fight. Maybe we got mm. three-fifths of a dog in the fight. I don't mm. know. But, uh. they, you know, they never mentioned slavery in the um, Constitution. And so what drives me crazy is I see us protesting the fact that we can no longer go and kill our babies, right? We're right. protesting that. And, be, and the reason we're those who are so mad we're protesting it because they say we have a constitutional right to freedom. Mm. I agree with that. We do have a constitutional right to freedom. However, they don't even recognize us in the Constitution. So how can you be in your feelings about not being able to kill black babies when they didn't even recognize black babies as humans? Okay? Mm. You know, and these same people will let one of our kids die and call it justified. Right. right. So that's where my problem is. And then the second thing is, I hear Christians, black Christians, um, protesting the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Um, first of all, abortion is not a political issue. I don't think it should be decided um, politically. It's a moral issue. And Christians are supposed to be moral beings, Right. So how can we be mad because they say we can't kill babies? Some things we need to not fight for. And all of this happened around the time that, um, around the time, I'm sorry, I'm getting an Amber Alert. That's okay. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. So that ruling, that reversal came around the same time that we found out that the person who killed Emmett Till um, 
was actually supposed to be arrested for that crime and she wasn't. So I'm looking at people, us, protesting the reversible Roe v. Wade, but I don't see that same passion for trying to go and arrest this woman who killed a black child. But we're mad because we can't kill babies. Mm. So, so, so that's where I am. You know, I just feel like it's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. Um, the Roe v. Wade, basically, the initial Roe v. Wade, the states have the right to decide. What did this ruling determine? What is the summary of this recent ruling? It's back in the hands of the state, right? Right. The case was brought uh, in Mississippi. It should have just addressed what was going on in Mississippi, but instead they applied it to every state, but really they had already done that, right? Hmm. It's still a state issue. So what's the whole point of it anyway? I still don't understand that. You know, that is a good point because uh, people are responding as if it's a done deal, you know, mm -hmm. across the board. But you raise a good point. It's It goes back to states, which, as we talked about, goes back to who you vote for in your states. So right. if you're voting in your states according to your interests, then you, you have nothing to worry about. Right. But the problem is we don't get in, engaged until we think something is wrong or, you know, something is being mm -hmm. taken away. And by that point, it's right. kind of too late. Right. right, right. Midterm elections is where we get it wrong. Right. You know, the president is only as strong as the House and the Senate. And a president who has, who doesn't have you know, the support of the House and the Senate is kind of like a soldier who has an M16 with no bullets. Right. You can't do anything. But yeah. we don't vote in midterm elections. We vote for the federal um, elections, but we right. don't vote for the local, um, you know, the local and the other elections that are just as important as the presidency. Right. We just, we, we for some reason, and we talked about this too, we're not able to connect the dots. Right. And I don't know, you know, is that a failure on the education system or or what? But we just don't connect I, the dots. Right. And the dots, I believe, Mr. Jenkins, I, he, as far as why we can't get it right is because we, we don't really, um, we have never taken the time to fully understand the political system. I have people who ask me, you know, how can you vote Democrat, vote for, uh, why Why do you support the Democratic Party um, when all they want to do is, is take your money and, and help people who don't want to work, right? Hmm. So, and then I have people who say, why don't you vote Republican? They freed the slaves. Well, first of all, yeah, the Republicans, free the slave. Lincoln was a Republican, but he didn't free the slaves out of altruism. He freed the slaves because he wanted to preserve the Union. Yes, exactly. It was a power move. It had nothing to do with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if, if I can ask you, maybe turn down your volume on your phone just a little bit. We're getting a, okay. we're getting a little feedback, or maybe if you have it on speaker, take it off speaker. But uh, Is that better? Yes. 
That is oh, okay. that's phenomenally better. Thank you so much. But okay. I, I do have one problem with with what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. You call me Mr. Jenkins. I know. I feel oh, I'm, I'm I'm already no. old enough. Call me Mr. You got to call you Mr. Hubbard. I'm good. He's gonna be a doctor pretty soon too. He's no. he's going back no. to school. Um, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but we were just we were literally just talking about that in our last episode about um this this myth of altruism from Lincoln and what his real mm-hmm. motivation was for for freeing the slaves um mm-hmm. but what's interesting I'm sound I'm I'm hearing a lot of 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 my conspiracy theorists <laughs> theories in what you're saying I'm going even further Dr. Smith Uh-oh. and I am saying that <laughs> You know, you mentioned, you know, we have all these things going on at the same time. The, the, the uh, proposed, or I should say, the talked about uh, arrest of the woman that killed Emmett Till at the same time the Supreme Court decision was coming down and January 9th hearings are going on. And I'm saying that this is, this is just a long game ploy to, oh, to, recreate, to recreate a pre-reconstruction, a pre-Civil War type of division in this country between supremacists and those who, quote-unquote, don't fit the bill according to what they think the bill should fit. Those who are poor, and, you know, a lot of times when you say, you know, minorities, you think blacks immediately. Um, But we're talking, you know, the increasing minority population means a whole lot of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's literally going to be, in my opinion, in my conspiracy opinion, (laughs) it's literally going to be a separation of this country, you know, north and south. Separatists versus, you know, all the rest of us, because it's all going to be lifted up to the states, and that's why the state election process becomes so so important. So, so the 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 battle cry of the Republican Party is what? Give me freedom, or give me uh, no? Which one is that? States rights. States rights. Okay. Yeah, they want small government states rights. The reason why we had the Civil War was because of the North they realized they would never be able to win an election once the, the um, politicians in the South began counting us as human beings, as three-fifths humans. At that, the rate that they were importing slaves and the number of slaves that they had in the South, the North would never be able to win a, a federal election. Mm. And prior to that, every just about every president, I want to say all of them had come from the South because they decided to consider us human beings in order to have power. So black people, slaves, post-slavery, all of that, for these political parties, we are used to benefit whatever their agenda is. And yes, the, the white majority is decreasing. So in the 1930s, Italians, Jews, and um, the Irish were considered just, in the same category as black people. But what did they do? They moved that group, those three groups of people up to the white race. That Mm. is when those people became white. Prior to that, they were just black as us. You know, the word ghetto Mm. comes from the Jewish population. Right. So, you know, whenever the white majority feels like they're, they're losing the majority, they always bring up another race of people. So who did they bring up this time? They brought the Mexican people up. If you look at the last census, 
Hispanics and Mexicans can call themselves um, white Hispanics or white non-Hispanic. They can call themselves Hispanic. That's that is true. Mm. So they are slowly trying to bring uh, increase the white majority. So Donald Trump, what was he doing? He was trying to keep Mexicans out of this country. But the Republicans, they really need the Mexicans to come over here and convince them to call themselves white and get them to think that they're equal so they can vote Republican. So Donald Trump really isn't even a Republican. I don't know what he is. But the agenda of the Republicans, the the Senate, those guys, they really ain't trying to build a wall. They need some more Hispanics to come over here so that they can join the white race and, and, and put them back, um, you know, more in the majority position. And they need somebody to do all this work. <laughs> yeah. Do all but these jobs the people, that we don't. Black people exactly. don't want to do. It's too hot out there to cut that long. See, you know what I'm saying?